The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on the show today, Craig Konstantinovich and John Sestina. We are all certified financial planners. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, it's been a while. It's like over a month since I've been on the show. There's been a lot of things going on. I was anxious to be able to talk about, but since I was away in some sunny Florida, I was not able to participate on the show. But today we're going to cover it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I was away last week, and guess what? It's really different down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Florida is a different uh, mindset. I'll just leave yep. it at that. But um Hope everyone is safe and and Ohio is opening up. I hear uh, rumors the Blue Jackets might get some fans in the building, which excites me. We just got to make sure we don't get snowed in with all the snow we've been getting. (laughs) Right, that's exactly (laughs) it. Um, But it'll be good for the local businesses to get down by the arena. Uh, Hopefully some fans can can, uh, uh, support local businesses down there. Uh, John, this is going to be our Valentine's Day show. Uh, when's that? Sunday, Valentine's <laughs> oh, Day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's no, Valentine's I Day. <laughs> I know you're a big Hallmark holiday guy. <laughs> and you you taught me an early age in marriage that every day is Valentine's Day, correct? That's right. There you go. Right. Doesn't need to be on February 14th. So right. to now all the gifts all year long, but yep, not on holidays. Yep. <laughs> to all the honeys, to everyone, uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. But uh, reverting back to my opening comments, uh, while I've been away, there's been a lot of things in the news with GameStop, AMC. Craig, you jumped on GameStop. <laughs> GameStop, I assume. Uh, you know, I thought about it for a second, and then I remembered, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even play video games at this point anymore, so eh, probably not for me. <laughs> right? And uh, and I'm, I'm concerned because I think uh, what we're seeing is the gaming world, not to include GameStop, but I think the gaming world is colliding with the investing world. Mm-hmm. And this is very frightening. And I'm also going to apply it to gambling because gambling is becoming legalized in many states. And it's as simple as opening up your phone. Yep. Right. And it is. And we've been so accustomed that the phones and tablets and computers have been games our whole lives. And now we're getting into the real world. Yeah. And even looking at some of the, the apps and the technologies that were associated with GameStop, I mean, you think about it, okay, well, we're in the midst of this pandemic, and then one of the other stocks that was trading was AMC Theaters. Well, they're closing down theaters all over the place. We just had the one here in town, the Lennox close. Um, so you look at this, and you're exactly right, Stephen. It's not just gamers, but you're also looking at the social influence that just these small masses have. When you've got your phone just a click away from being able to make a trade or place a bet or whatever the case may be, now all of a sudden you're creating a whole new uh, paradigm between do I need institutional investors to be involved? Is the individual investor going to rise back up to the 
you know, primary spot and how do we balance all of this? Great point. John, I'm going to hit you with this. Go back in your time machine when you were uh, starting out in the industry. How did one make an investment back then? <laughs> well, we would take out a stone and chip a name on the stone and then uh, throw it at the other guy. That's how we did it. Right. You had to have a broker. You'd use a Merrill Lynch, prominent one then, and uh, you'd have to have an account. And even mutual funds, you had to buy directly from the mutual fund or through a broker. So nothing like today. Right. Today, you can just go out and commit financial suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That's and- what we're seeing is people unprepared, unknowledgeable with no financial literacy at all, trying to make decisions. And the worst, not the worst, but what's happened over the past few years is we've had a good market. Mm -hmm. And as a result, somebody goes in the stock market, makes a profit, they think they know something. Yep, and that's when you get into trouble. And and unfortunately, one of the uh, uh, events in this past week was Robinhood, the uh, trading app, was mm-hmm. uh, f- there was a, f- a lawsuit filed against them where a young man opened an account, uh, made some investment selections on his own accord, mm-hmm. and those investment selections ended up being wrong because it ended up in resulting in large losses. And he opened his app one day, and it was like neg- negative seven hundred and twenty-five thousand. Uh, Robinhood had emailed him that said, "Hey, you owe us uh, by the end of business uh, another, you know, owe us one hundred and seventy some thousand dollars." And he panicked, mm-hmm. and he didn't know what to do, and he tried to contact Robinhood, and uh, of course, it was just a phone line. Well, no, no they didn't even have phone lines. It, he sent emails okay. to them, and it bounced back with just a very generic, "Hey, we're experiencing high customer requests." You know, please allow for several business days before we can respond to your email. Right. And, and that was part of the issue. Right. And then the young man panicked and committed suicide, mm-hmm. which is tragic. And, and part of it was because he didn't know what was going on. He had done an option. And while he did have that uh, debt or owed that money, he had another leg of the trade that would have covered it. Right. And that's where he didn't understand what he got into he didn't understand what he was looking at. It may have been misrepresented misrepresented to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big one. This is this is a big deal. And and John, you mentioned option trading, and, and it's funny because I'm I'm always of the opinion of everyone should be held accountable for their own actions. Right. In this scenario, I'm not a hundred percent there because what was he? What information was he looking at? Mm-hmm. Right, and it was and and Robinhood for allow option trading that easy for our registered investment advisory firms. If you wanted to start trading options, you have to sign off on a lot of documents. Oh yeah, and it's not as simple as a click. Right, right. And this is going to be very interesting. And and if you go back in time, back to the nineties when McDonald's got sued for the hot coffee incident. Exactly. Right. And everyone said, oh, the the person who got the coffee spilled on them won the lawsuit because the coffee was too hot. That's not true. It was the punitive damages that was the payout for the large lawsuit. And in this situation, I think the punitive damages are going to be interesting Huge. to see. Oh, yeah. It's going to be astronomical at this point, too. But you're exactly right, Stephen. I mean, when, when we talk about options trading, and, and again, those options for the listener that's out there, basically, you're t- you're expecting the stock to do something, and you're betting that it's going to go a different direction. So like the GameStop situation, one of the options could have been expecting it to plummet, which is what prompted everything to you know continue to rise up and make the stock price go up. So for the average investor to jump in and say, hey, I see GameStop at $300 per share, 
it was at $13 two weeks ago. I'm expecting it to go back that direction. That would be one form of option is, hey, let me borrow shares. Let me borrow the stock. Let me say I'm going to bet that this money goes down. Here's the stock I'm borrowing to replace that money. And then all of a sudden you get into that situation of, well, if it doesn't go down, well, now you've got to buy that stock at that higher price, which means you lose money on that borrowing opportunity. Um, so it, it's, it, And it's very hard to understand or even explain. Right, right. right. And here, here's some people who can just open up an account with a few clicks and be in that world. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very concerning. John, what are your thoughts on that? Well, even, even with that, you're talking about the clicks. You know, today people are subject to this uh, instantaneous result mm-hmm. or, you know, give it to me now. And so they click and they get something. Well, that may have been what happened with this guy. He didn't know how options worked. Or he might have known about that other leg. But nonetheless, people are out there making decisions without full knowledge. And I'm concerned about that because they're looking at their tablet or their phone, as you said earlier, and they're clicking on it and thinking they know what they're doing, and they don't. And you know what I always say, knowledge is power. So you have to know what the heck you're doing. And and that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of the show today is financial literacy in this very situation is to know what you're getting into. And there's plenty of current events and current examples we're going to use uh, for the listeners to, to maybe apply because we don't want this to happen within your financial plan. And it's very, very important. And again, I think Robinhood is going to be under the spotlight on whether they're making this app a game or is it an investing investing platform. And that's all to be continued and played out in the accord. Uh, So when we come back, we're going to continue with financial literacy for your financial plan. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. And in today's show, we're going to focus on financial literacy for your financial plan and really how to avoid mistakes and something we've talked about numerous shows. And and John, a couple weeks ago, the last show we aired, uh, you, you talked about, you know, building a financial plan for someone in their 20s. But it really doesn't end there, right? Just because you you do well in your 20s, it goes through your whole life. And unfortunately, when more money you have, you're subject to a lot more noise that is out there. And you start to dabble in things you may not or may not be aware of what you should consider. Uh, We talked a little bit about Robinhood trading with GameStop, Mm -hmm. AMC Theaters, but, you know, John, I'm sure you've had the question of, hey, is it a good idea to invest in Bitcoin or gold, right? You've, had, you've seen that over the years. Over the years, there's always been something. You know, there was once a time when we could invest in ostriches. Ooh, sounds tasty. Okay? Or, or <laughs> orange groves in Florida. Now they're all covered over by condominiums and apartments. But there's always something that comes along that sounds sexy. You know, when you do investing, the truth is, as I've told you guys, when you do it well... It's boring because it's a it's a strategic, it's thoughtful, and so forth. So you're not in there racing in and out, in and out. So when you hear about all these guys who rush in and we're trying to make the killing on Robin Hood or whatever they're talking about, be aware of that. You need to know what the heck you're doing. That's the number one thing. And the number one reason you need to ask yourself is, why am I doing this? 
most people never think about it. Why are you investing in the first place? And we know that there's only one reason to be investing as we look at it, and that's because someday, whether you'd like it or not, you're going to lose your ability to produce income. And when that day comes, you better have a bag of money big enough to take care of you. That is so true. And and, the, and one of the biggest challenges for people to grasp that reality uh, because of the noise that's out there and they, they want to get the shortcut, the, the big hit, right? They think it's, and again, that's why I said the problem is we're crossing hairs with, uh, crossing streams with investing in gaming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gambling, right? And, and yeah, investing ga- in gambling, right? But even but the oh, game, gaming, the visual right. appeal that it's a game, right? Right, that you can do it on your phone. But you're right, it is, is a form of gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because it's so easy, and again, you know, you hear people ask, "Should I get buy Bitcoin?" And you can ask the simple questions: Do you know what it is? Right. And you know, nine times out of ten, well, I think I know what it is. And do you know how it works? Do you know how it's regulated? Uh, these are the questions you have to a- be able to answer. Before you can even get into, should I invest in it or not? Right. And and that's, you know, like you said, Stephen, you got to understand what it is that you're getting into. You know, even mutual funds, which when I first started, yeah, I had a general idea of it, but I didn't know. Well, as you started to look into the various mutual funds, you saw what it was that they were invested in. So understanding what the various risks may be, why it's important to have that mutual fund. So that way you're not subject to just one stock, maybe plummeting your portfolio, but having that ability to be flexible and, and be buoyant that way if you know one company underperforms all the others you're not going to significantly suffer because of it but same thing here we when we talk about alternative investments whether that's real estate bitcoin i mean you name it we always say hey no more than five percent of your portfolio should be invested in it because if all of a sudden something happens if 2008 comes back and uh, and all of a sudden the real estate market crashes but you've got nothing but a real estate portfolio well, you may have put yourself back 10, 15, 20 years from where your goals were. No, you can't do that, Craig. You know that real estate only goes up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. And, th- and that's the thing is people don't understand or think about the pitfalls. Right. And they're there. Yeah. Right. And and we've talked about it on this show about how to properly invest in real estate because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I'm going to buy a bigger house and I'll just rent out my old house. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, think right. immediately <laughs> they've they have a rental business. Right. Uh, or rental property. And that's not that's not the correct approach. Um, I asked somebody when I, they asked me about Bitcoin, I said to him, I say, like, well, is it an investment or is it currency? Yeah. And they said, well, I think it's a combination of both. I said, so as a currency, what is it? Who backs it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who has the guns behind it? In other words, <clears throat> do they have the tanks to pull out to protect it like you do with the dollar? Right. The, so it's, a, it's a big deal. Right, because yeah. the dollar is backed by the U.S. government. The right. euro is backed by the European Union and so forth. So who is backing Bitcoin? The Internet. <laughs> it's Right. There's no real, real answer there. And there may be. But mm-hmm. we don't know what it is. Uh, find out that answer. And if it is an investment, okay, how are you treating it, right? How does it work? So uh, just be cautious. The same thing applies to gold, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about gold in on this show quite a bit because it's a popular topic. Should I invest in gold? And I think the number one thing for people, and I tell people if they want to buy gold, go buy a very small portion of it mm-hmm. and then right. hold on to it for a month and go try to sell it. And see and see what happens, and then the reality will set in. Yeah, because you're going to find out that there's a spread between what you paid for it and what you can sell it for. 
and how liquid it is, right? Who's right. going to buy it from you? And so you're going to be limited. And and so it's, so it's a good practice to understand before you get into it, just dabble, right? Right. Something very small. And that's unfortunately what people do when it comes to this, this day trading is they dabble and they hit yep. and they hit and win and then they double down and then they lose. Right? Well, it, not only <laughs> that, but then you get the other side of the coin too, where, Hey, if someone hits it big, and they go to sell some of it and they think, oh, that's great, I made money. Well, they don't understand that nine times out of 10, you're gonna have some taxes that well, arrive. That's a great point, right? <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, oh shoot, well, I had my $100,000 worth of winnings or earnings, but I'm only gonna get to keep 70? Like, well, how does that work? 70, what are you talking about? If it's short term, they're gonna lose more than that. Well, there you go. And that's, and that's exactly it, is understanding the tax ramifications uh, behind it. Uh, another good one is, is uh, uh, Timeshares, mm -hmm. right? How many people are exposed to the opportunity to invest in a timeshare, <laughs> right? And and before you know it, you regret the decision after. And there's a reason they don't let you leave. There's right. a reason they want everything signed. They, there's a reason they want both parties, if you're married, husband and wife, they want all parties there that can legally sign is because there's a lot of buyer's remorse once you start to understand what you got into. Mm-hmm. Well, but Stephen, you get the free trip, don't forget. That's true, the helicopter ride. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when cattle was a big investment, uh, and uh, I went to uh, Colorado to look at a cattle farm to see if it was a good investment, and they flew me in a helicopter, and we, they said, look, there's the herd. And we followed the herd for a while, then we went back to the place. What I picked up on was there was another group of investors who got on the helicopter and saw the same herd. Amazing. So there wasn't two herds. There was one. <laughs> one herd. Yep. For all the investors. Yep. It's they just kept replaying, replaying, and as you know, that didn't work out too well for most people. So again, so to all the listeners out there, understand what you're getting into, um, and and now we're gonna we're look at you know what are the common uh, mistakes that beginners have when it comes to investing, um, and it really comes down to knowing when you're ready to invest. Uh, mentally and financially, mm -hmm. uh, one where it becomes a steady stream. Uh, you can consistently invest on a regular basis and a good amount. And it does start with a 401k or the 403b through your workplace because it's a tax-deferred, uh, tax-deductible investment, and it's a good starting point. And that's where, John, you say make it your foundation. Don't get risky. Make it your foundation in a very conservative manner. Yes, I, there's a young man that I know in Virginia. He's a whopping 12 years old, and a couple of years ago, he started talking to me about investing. So I set him out to do some research, and he did. And this guy has done very, very well in his portfolio. But he does his homework, he studies, he knows what he's buying, and he's been very successful. And so if you know what you're doing, you can succeed. And when we come back from our break here, we're going to go, go into that financial literacy and uh, avoiding mistakes. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. 
Joining me on today's show, Craig Konstantinovich and John Sestina. We are all certified financial planners. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about John Sestina and Company and the Managing to Be Wealthy process, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com or contact our office at 614 614- Three two six three zero seven seven, and get your plan in order. You know, here we are early in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no time like the present, and that's right. why we do the show is to educate consumers, educate everyone on the importance of having a financial plan. Um, and in today's show, we're talking a little bit about financial literacy, uh, the foundations of building a financial plan, and avoiding investing mistakes. Uh, John, your your show from a couple weeks ago was fantastic, and for the listeners out there, you can look listen to prior shows uh, on iTunes or just tell your Alexa, hey, play Managing to Be Wealthy podcast, and you'll start to hear us, and we'll talk about the various topics uh, for a financial plan. Uh, talking about investing, avoiding investing mistakes, um, and John, I think the the one problem we have in society is everyone's out there looking for the big hit, and they don't set proper expectations when it comes to investing. What is the proper expectation when you invest your money? Well, the first thing to do is get yourself solid so that if you do lose some money, you're not crippled. And so the first thing to do is make sure you have a reserve fund. So don't take every penny you have and put it, say, in the market, because you could be at risk of losing every penny you have. So the first thing is build a reserve fund, and then you want to build yourself a little budget. So I know that's awful. But you want to do that so you know where your money's going and how much you can put into the market. And then, of course, here's the hard part. Be realistic about your expectations. And most people don't do that too well, do they? Not really. They they, they think it should be 10, 15, 20% per year for the rest of their life, which would be fantastic. <laughs> Sign uh, me up. Right? It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. There'll be good days. There'll be bad days. There'll be good years. There'll be bad years. It's okay ride the wave, plan your work, work your plan. Yep, exactly. And, and part of that starts with, too, just like you said, Stephen, understanding, you know, what areas you need to focus on or, or what you need to do the research for. So, you know, John, the, the young man that you were speaking about earlier, it sounds like he's probably got his resources in order as far as which resources to look at, how to properly trust the right people. And that's another step that you need to do, because if not, you know, if you're just listening to the talking heads on TV or, my goodness, now on the news even, they give you reports on what's going on in the market, a lot of times you get that emotional feeling or that fear of loss. If you start experiencing that, you're going to react and you're going to say to yourself, boy, I want to cut back on these losses. I want to try to keep as much money of mine. And you're going to react. And, John, as you've taught us, reacting to what's going on in the market is the worst thing that you can do. Because now you're going to be reacting with everyone else as opposed to, Stephen, like you said, actually riding the wave, which is most important to all of this. Yeah, so your sources of information is critical. And, and Craig, I I, I do like saying, I, I blurted this out a few years back, is people are really good at buying stocks. They're terrible at selling it. Absolutely. Right, and that's why it's important to understand what diversification is. And that's why a mutual fund or a diversified ETF is a better approach. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to get into a sector or a, a specific area, do it. Do a broad investment, not a specific stock investment. Because as we've seen with the recent events, one individual stock can be a detriment to your portfolio and to your retirement. Absolutely. I know, John, you'll probably smile here, but one of the other big things to focus on is know what you're paying for. Don't pay, uh, too, yes. don't pay too much in commissions or fees, right? 
It's funny, people, when they shop for a phone or a car or a house or clothes even, they always are careful about the price. They do price comparison. And they look for what the, uh, you know, they go on the web and they want to find the cheapest and so forth. You need to be more diligent when you're buying an investment as well. That's a great point. I always say gas gas prices. How many people pay attention to gas prices if it's off by five cents from one gas station to the next? Right. But they don't pay attention to the other thing. So, yeah, understanding how mm-hmm. you're uh, – what expenses you're paying, how you're paying it, if there's commissions, what kind of commissions you're being paid. Uh, those are all important questions to ask. And that's whether you're using an app, whether you're using a broker, whether you're using whatever source of uh, how you're um, – portfolio is being invested invested understand the fees and how you're being charged mm-hmm. uh, we were we were talking about robin hood and there's come out that uh, robin hood was making money that the investors didn't know they were making on them yeah and they i believe they had to pay the sec fine them for yep. they had a fine yep. i'm not sure if that was what it was applied i think to. that was an extension of it yeah yeah but yeah i mean there, there's things like that all the time and you know especially like we keep saying in this day and age when everyone's looking for that instant gratification or you know the terms and conditions that you always sign up for how many times does anyone actually read those but when you go through and you actually look at it and you start to break it down then you can start to compare that and say okay well here's what my expenses actually are for this and understand okay well if i do maybe want to be in that high frequency trading areas Okay, well, what kind of expenses should I expect? And as you said, the biggest expense could be the tax bill. Exactly. Right? And so, you don't know about that until probably the end of the year. Yeah. So. And and that that could be because how many people hit it big and then they go buy toys with it. Right. Right. They buy the, the car or the boat and then they have no cash to pay the tax man. Um, Got to be cautious about it. And that was, again, popular back in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. The day trading. Uh, I, I lived it because I saw people that I worked with. I'm like, shouldn't you be working? And they were at their computer day trading away. And I'm like, come on, people, let's get to work here. <laughs> um, the other the other common mistake I see, and this usually happens uh, with the younger generation. Once they get out of college, they have some money to spend, and they're going to hit it big with the penny stocks. Oh, yeah. John, I know you, you made, it, made it big with the penny stocks over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, those really could... There was a movie out, The Wolf of Wall Street. Did oh, you know yeah. that movie? Oh, yeah. That was all about penny stocks. <laughs> yes, that it was. was. Watch that and don't learn. You deserve to lose your money. <laughs> yeah. And and that's where the whole pump and dump, mm-hmm. right? And yep. that's unfortunately, again, I think the, the hedge funds were exposed with, yep. with the, the whole Robin Hood and the uh, Reddit community. They did expose the the how they, they work. And it's, right. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. And the pump and dump is real, and it's out there. Now, I remember a few years ago there was a coffee company uh, that everyone was started promoting, and then you know, if, by the time I started to hear about it, I was watching it, and it was trading up ten, twenty cents a day, uh, and it was it was up to like two dollars a share from one cents a share, a penny a share, and then within a day it was down back to a penny. Yep. Right. So all the people that got in early started promoting it. Yep. And those are the people who are going to make the money, and the little guy's the one gets stuck holding the bag. Right. So be cautious of the penny stocks. Don't trust it. Absolutely. And, and to that point, too, you know, we keep saying it here, but you got to diversify, too. You know, not only the penny stocks, but you want to get exposure to different areas, invest in different things. Because if, you know, I know we all are, are familiar at this point with the Enron situation from way back when, but if, especially for companies, if you're offered company stock, typically that's meant to be some kind of form of compensation. It's another way of paying you cash that's more favorable for the company. 
So when you get those opportunities, you got to understand, okay, well, I've got my retirement plan with this company. I've got my company stock with them. My paycheck comes from them. I've got all my eggs in that one single basket. If you're not trying to get that money out of the company's stock or find other ways to diversify, if that company goes belly up, you could be left sitting there with nothing in your hand to hold. Good point. And that even applies when you talk about diversification for businesses, or mm -hmm. like you said, we talked a little bit about rental properties. If you're out there and you own uh, one specific business and you haven't captured any cash or saved any cash from it, you're relying on that business to be liquid and be sold to provide for your retirement. So you got to be careful. I agree 100%. Diversify, understand asset allocation, very important pieces. So we're coming up on a break here. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation on how to avoid uh, investing mistakes. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. And we've been uh, focusing today's show on really about investing and avoiding the mistakes. Hopefully some listeners can... Learn a little bit about what to avoid. Uh, experience is your best teacher. Uh, it's something my dad's always told me because, again, you learn from your mistakes. And, and then listen to people who learn from their mistakes and don't repeat it. And, John, I know one of the biggest mistakes and, and one of the things most people get challenged on is when there is a market crash or market correction. Right. Well, people always expect everything to continue as it is. You know, we've been on a nice ride here with the stock market. I'm not saying anything bad is coming. But... Sooner or later, it's going to adjust. And just to make the point, you know, we've had a few crashes. So when you need that reserve in place and you are planning your financial future through your investments, recognize that the market may go down and you may experience some of this. For example, there was a crash in 1903. You both remember that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, like it was oh, yesterday. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took 19 years for that to recover. Wow. You, you heard about the crash of 1929, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. It took 25 years to recover. And then there was another one in 1965. Uh, you guys were born yet? Were you born uh, not yet? Not yet. Nope. <laughs> Getting close, though. It wasn't even a oh, thought. I'm graduating college at that time. So <laughs> in 1965, there was another crash, and it took 16 years for that one to recover. Then remember 2008? I know you do that one. Yep. Oh, yeah. 2008, you know how many years it took that to recover? Six years. Yeah. So recognize that while things look good now, it's much like people who pick up a report and they look at something and it's had a good history. They say, well, history will repeat itself. I'm just going to bet on that. There's no assurance that whatever you buy is going to continue along the path that it did for the last five years or ten years. That's you have a, to always be diligent. That's a gr great point, and I, I like to use the NASDAQ as a perfect example. The NASDAQ exchange, which mm -hmm. is an indicator, they, they measure it. It was higher than the Dow in the 1990s. People forget about the NASDAQ was all the rage. Yep. Everyone was Every IPO was going to the NASDAQ. It was all the rage for the tech stocks, and it was outperforming. It was above higher valuation than the Dow, and... It took over. It took 20 years to get back to where it was. It's just starting to hit all-time highs. 
Yep. Right. So it, it is fascinating when you look at how things work. And John, like you said, that that's an important piece is to understand it takes time. Uh, but that's where the dollar cost averaging comes into play, too. Exactly. Averaging and also diversification, which we touched on. Absolutely. And when you buy, for example, a lot of people buy a lot of mutual funds and they think they're diversified because they bought, you know, ABC fund and DDF fund and so forth. You may not be diversified. You have to look at what the holdings are. You may be over over committed in one stock in the mutual funds, so you have to be prepared for that, and uh, you have to know what part of the world they're working in, and so on and so forth. So don't look at those charts from Morningstar or whatever, and assume that whatever happened in the last five years, ten years, will happen again in the next five years. Right. You can't forget about regional exposure, as you mm-hmm. said, emerging markets, international markets, or uh, sectors, right? That you can over- get over-concentrated in any sector. So yep. again, that's the importance of diversification or asset allocation for a portfolio. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And and even outside of that, you know, again, you got to make sure, like, like you said, John, understand the regional exposure, diversification, everything else too, but also take a look at that tax diversification. I know, John, you had spent a lot of time last week explaining the importance of that Roth IRA, but make sure that you understand, too, hey, where is my money diversified, not just investment-wise, but tax implication-wise, because if you need to take money out for any purpose, you want to make sure you know what taxes may be owed, when you may have that tax bill come up, uh, and you don't want to be surprised at that point either. Yeah, and the number one thing, I think, for most early investors is to avoid margin. Yes. Oh, my Lord, yes. That is a ticking time bomb. And boy, do you want to see a house of cards come down, oh. invest in margin, and then get a down market, and you are in trouble. Yep. Yeah, we've seen a few people make those decisions. They wanted the margin because they thought the market was so great. And the market went down, 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 and they had they eventually lost their whole portfolio. And that's if you read about the history of the crash. John, you talked about market crashes in the 1927, what, 28 crash. Uh it was exemplified because of margin trading because yeah. all the uh, consumers could just go out and open a margin account and the market kept going up. So hey, we're just going to get richer. Right. Right. Yeah. So and then then as it started to come down, boy, did they pay the price and uh, avoid that at all costs. So, you know, again, any other uh, tra- I think the number one thing is just continued education. Right? Absolutely. Learning and again, focus on the boring words, asset allocation, diversification. And John, that is absolutely the number one priority is is understanding that investing is a very, very, very boring process. Right. When done well, it is. Right. And if you're a sports fan, it's sort of like having a good running game. <laughs> right. Exactly. Football. A fullback dive can. Win the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> right. It, you need it. It doesn't excite you. you. Everyone would love to go deep every play, but you need a good running game. I don't know what you're talking about. My Brownies <laughs> had one of the best running games in the entire oh, league, and I loved it. But they didn't diversify. <laughs> <laughs> didn't diversify. So again, <laughs> education is very, very important. And um, listen, listen, and the greatest investors, right? Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie Munger, the guys at uh, uh, John, what's their? I'm losing their their firm. Um, Can't think of it either. Is it Berkshire? Yeah, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. So again, they talk about it, right? The S and P 500 will outperform most hedge fund managers and so forth, or fund managers, actively fund fund managers. Uh, very, very important mm-hmm. aspect and things. Um, the but, other thing, go ahead. I was going to say, and and. You know, I know we spend a lot of time talking about investing, and that's where, again, we see a lot of issues that come into play. But whether you're 20, 30, 50, 90, 
one of the most basic things to financial literacy is just making sure you have a good grasp on, okay, well, where is that money going? You know, Stephen, you had talked about, are you ready to invest? Well, how much do I need to live my lifestyle? How much do I have, John, as you talked about, my cash reserve? And then how much do I have excess each month? You never want to go into debt in order to invest. That's doing it completely backwards because now you're going to have an IOU and you're going to have the possibility of that money going down in value. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you know, okay, well, what's my cash flow? Because everyone says, oh, hey, know your budget, know your numbers. Well, yeah, to a certain extent, but realistically, I can sit here and stand proud to say that no one out there spends the exact same amount in December that they do in July or in August. It just doesn't happen because yep. of the holidays, everything else. So know what your cash flow is. And yeah, you may have a budget. That may be the way you do it. But understand that money is going to be a moving target. It's so true. And debt management is very important. Uh, I read an article where a millionaire said the worst thing that he ever had ever done was he and his wife paid off their mortgage early. And I'm like, I, I got to read into this. Why is that such a bad idea? And he said it was a bad idea because as soon as they didn't have any debt obligations, they they spent. Yeah. So you got to be cautious of that. So if you're paying, you should always be investing and paying debt at the servicing debt if you have debt at the same time. Mm -hmm. Never focus on one. And then when you've achieved that goal and maybe you're debt free, that debt payment should now go into your portfolio. Right. Right. That should become your retirement savings. And you sort of then pay yourself now instead of the bank. So and even in retirement, Stephen, you should still be investing. You know, today a lot of people are going into retirement with debt. They have mortgages and other kinds of debt, which is a little risky. But even in your retirement, you should be investing some money every month. That's so true because you invest for the end of the plan, not for the day you retire. Right. That's right. Right. So that could be another 25, 30 years, hopefully, for those who are fortunate. So, well, hopefully, and, you know, the listeners out there learned a little bit from today's show. Please share Managing to be Wealthy with your friends and family. Look us up on iTunes or over the, the web. Um, you can tell your Alexa, play Managing to be Wealthy podcast. It's a great little trick. And uh, we appreciate all the listeners out there. Tune in again next week. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.